Okay, here we go. Let's discuss the elephant in the room. The following are a series of questions that have been asked of people that they want to know like right now. So let's go. First one, did you get married in 1997? Yep. Two, were you forced to leave in 2016? Nope. Three, were you angry in your marriage? Yep. Four, have you ever lied? Yep. Five, have you ever been lied on? Yep. Six, were you ever verbally or physically abusive? Nope. Seven, was there another in your life that you later married? Yep. Did that relationship last? Nope. Nine, rumor has it that you walked away. Is that true? Yep. Ten, was it her fault that you walked away? Nope. Eleven, many would say based upon your actions that you are reckless and may be looked at as a runner. What do you have to say to that? But God. Stay tuned. Well, welcome back. Man, that was a lot, man, a lot to take in. But it had to be said. Um, people can ask as many questions as they want. And rather than giving somebody the ammunition to shoot back at you, why not go ahead and take the authority and let them know exactly where you stand. Let them know what has happened, where you're at, and go ahead and just give up the ghost. So we're going to um, go back into the discovery and just do a quick recap on where we were in episode one, the discovery. So if you haven't heard that podcast, I think it'd be very advantageous for you to listen to that podcast because one of the very pivotal, pivotal, excuse me, uh, moments in that was where I go into discussing Mrs. Mills, Ms. Mills, uh, kindergarten teacher. And in that moment, there was a discovery, a very important piece, a very important factor that factored into my life. And um, there were just some things that changed me in that kindergarten moment. Um, going back to that moment, I think about, again, the, uh, the shame, the ridicule. And now as a grown man, um, you know, 99, you know, a, a dollar away from 50, uh, we are, um, you know, we think back, it's just like yesterday. And sometimes <clears throat> we as men, we have many uh, times in our lives that it cause us to reflect and think back on the days of yore, if you want to call it that. The days of yore where there was something in your life that caused a change, that caused a shift, if you please, um, where you're traveling down the road of life. Uh, you may be in the fast lane, maybe even in the middle lane. 
and there's a blowout that takes place in your life. Uh, there's a flat tire that takes place. There is a loss of engine oil that takes place in your life. There is a loss of antifreeze where your engine overheats in the place of your life. Well, when you think back on those times, sometimes it's right now that things happen. And sometimes you go through series of phases in your life and it causes you to think back. Mine was one uh, pivotal point was again that was kindergarten so again the discovery pretty much talks about that um, but what we want to do now is going to in the beginning if you want to talk about that in the beginning there is this guy I talked about that a little bit in the discovery where I am born I am no longer um, excuse me I am now the baby my brother is not by himself I'm now the baby boy and then years later, roughly almost five years later, here comes my sister. So I go from being the baby boy to now being the guy in the middle. I'm no longer the older, but I'm no longer the younger. And I am on this fence of on one side and on the fence of the other. On one side, you've got your older brother, your older sibling, who is, is expected of. You've got your younger, who sometimes spoiled, depending upon your f your family dynamic, and then here you are in the middle, sometimes trying to find your way. And sometimes as middle childs, we, as middle children, we go through that, finding your way through life, and it happens. But with that, you also have to understand there's a discovery moment, which is what happens, which happened, and I talked about in the discovery again podcast number one if you haven't uh, watched that please do so that is an excellent medium for you so now I'm the middle child go through kindergarten have that episode in my life but then th some things don't change so I leave a kindergarten class now with uh, shame and ridicule and um, you know um, you have a lack of positivity in your life and you're, you're just really trying to find your way and there's nothing like going through life um, as a grown man as a teenager as um, an adolescent trying to find your way just trying to fit in and I wind up in first grade class and in this first grade class was a lady by the name of Mrs. Goldbrick. Um, she was my first grade teacher. And uh, during this time in my life, um, I'm, I'm having a good time. And it just so happens that that first grade class ended up being a mix of both first graders and second graders. So I'm not sure about the educational system you came from. But uh, sometimes there were some of us that were involved in classes where uh, there were more than just one grade in the class. It was a multifaceted of grades uh, working together uh, to learn. So Ms. Goldbrick had first and second graders in her class. I happened to be a first grader. And I befriended uh, quite a few people. But again, you're still trying to find yourself. So sometimes you... You go above and beyond, do some, if you want to call exceptional things, 
um, to feel like you belong. And during this time of belonging, um, it's time, uh, one day is time for playtime, if you want to call it that. It's time to go grab your favorite toys, uh, if, you know, um, depend upon your age category. Some of us grew uh, up on Lincoln Logs. Some had Tinker Toys. Uh, some we go all the way back to the uh, the Rector set from Radio Shack. Some of you guys remember that, the Rector set. Um, but again, we had Tinker Toys, Lincoln Logs, and there was a couple other different things. Of course, Legos have always been a mainstay. So for me, uh, I enjoy playing with the toy that was called Tinker Toys. So I grab my toy and I go to the carpet where everybody grabs their different toys and stuff like that. And you just start having a good old time crafting and building and what have you. And um, uh, there was a kid, his, uh, another gentleman, his name was Michael. And um, his brother and I were real close. His, his brother and I were real close. But Michael... He was a little different uh, in this, during this time, I should say, during this time. And I'm grabbing my toy, I'm having a good time, and Michael decides he wants to come take my toy. And I get upset, and of course I, I go run and tell. Uh, Miss Goldbrick wasn't having it. She was just, I don't feel like dealing with y'all. You know, now mind you now, we, uh, myself and Michael, we were of the same ethnicity. So um, need I say any more about that? She just wasn't having it. Didn't want to listen to either one of us. Basically, uh, shut up and go in your corner. You know how that goes. I figure it out. So, <clears throat> uh, he takes the Tinker Toys away from me. I get upset. So then, um, I decide to say, you know what, look, you know, let me go uh, play with this other kid and play with the Lincoln Logs. So, it wasn't enough he took the, the Tinker Toys. He wants to mess with the Lincoln Logs, too. I'm like, oh, man, this clown. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, again, uh, I don't know what my mindset was at that time. You know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, uh, cursing or saying any uh, uh, different words, colorful words, if you want to call it that. But he came over and started messing with the Lincoln You know, so finally, he said, hey, you go play your, you know, stay over there with those Tinker Toys that you had and go play, you know. So he disappeared, whatever, and then uh, it was time to put up our toys. So I put up the toy that I had, the Lincoln Logs with the other the other uh, gentleman I was playing with. And it's time to go back to my desk and sit in a seat. So these desks are the big rectangle desks you put together. There are items underneath the desk that you, you know you put slide your books into that. You know they're big long square desk rectangle desk. Excuse me. You sit. You know I think it's like two people at a table but they put them all together so you get like you know a group of eight at a table you know <clears throat> so and I get ready to go sit down in my chair and uh, so I sat down and uh, there was like Q&A session the teacher was asking questions about what we've learned uh, math questions blah 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 and at one point in time uh, this was not the raising your hand portion you actually had to stand up and you know uh, kind of be acknowledged and uh, I stood up and when I stood up I know some people are gonna laugh but the chair got up with me I'm like you know what the heck is going on so and I realized and you know my class laughed you know everybody was laughing because 
the chair was stuck to my back it was stuck to my rear end and I'm like you know what the heck is going on so the teacher got all mad because I made so much you know uh, noise um, because I'm trying to figure out why this chair is stuck to my back and people are laughing at me so the teacher finally came over and realized that the uh, the chair was stuck to my back and all my pants so she kind of peels me off the chair peels the you know the chair away from me and so on but as funny as that may sound I was hot I was mad and I was scared and the reason why I was scared it had nothing to do with who did it I was scared because my mother had just bought that brand new shirt and pair of pants it was brand new and that day was my first time wearing that shirt and pair of pants oh man I thought to myself I'm gonna catch it when I get home see I don't know about where you all came from those of you that are listening but where I came from my mother was the uh, the tyrant in the home she was the one that if you got out of pocket um, she explained to you how much out of pocket you were and she gave you a fool's reward that's how my home worked and I knew good and well because she spent the money, she helped dress me and put me in this brand new outfit that I would get home and I mean, I'd be jacked up. Now, for many of you, you may not have ever experienced that, but then for some of you, you go, oh man, I remember those days. Because I came from a switch environment. Some of you came from a belt. Some of you came from timeout. Some of you came from standing in the corner. And guess what? I knew all of them very well. Uh, if there was a rule in the house, I mean the rule was made because Sean was going to break the rule. I was that guy. I was the guinea pig that tested out every brand new belt, every new switch that came in. I was that guy. So you understand now where I'm going with this. So... I am standing in this class and I'm hot, I'm upset, I'm scared and wondering where on earth and how on earth am I going to get out of this? How do I explain this to my mother? So I don't know about many of you, but throughout the years, especially in my earlier years, especially, and I'm gonna repeat that again, in my earlier years, some of you maybe might have just said, ah, no big deal. But I knew I was gonna get in trouble and I figured as much, my ha mantra had always been, if I'm gonna get in trouble because of some stupid stuff somebody else did, I'm taking them down with me. So my thing was, don't get mad, get even. So this kid, this guy by the name of Michael, it's time eventually to go out for recess and what have you. And I just happened that after recess was over, I was the first one to make it back to the class. And I went to the area where they have the finger painting and the paints where they keep them where they keep the sponges because many of you know that in those days they, we had these big 
uh, large sea foam looking sponges. And I, and, you know, in those in those days, there was also a sink in the in the class. I took the sponge, I wrung it out, and made sure it was very, very pliable. So, I took some paint, and there's a paper plate. You know, we, we did. You know, and that in those again can't speak for these times, but in those times, you know, we knew better on how to handle certain products. You know, we were taught as children how to handle certain products. But this time, this day, this time, I was not going down without a fight. So I grabbed this paper plate, and I believe the paint color I grabbed was green. It was like a kind of like a grass green in color. And I poured this paint into this plate, this paper plate, and then took my sponge and smacked it right on top of the plate to soak up as much paint in that sponge as much as possible and then after I did that I waited for Michael to come into the class I was waiting near the door on the inside with the sponge behind my back when he came in the class I hit him I mean I had the sponge in my hand and I took the sponge and I smashed it up against up against his chest on his shirt and then I smashed it up against his back so he had all this green paint on his shirt and needless to say yes I got in trouble I sure did but the interesting thing was Mrs. Goldbrick called my mother yep yep <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mrs. Goldbrick called my mother. And when I found out that she called my bro my mother, which I knew she was calling because in those days you also had a phone in your class to access an outside line. Oh, yeah, every teacher had your parent's phone number on speed dial. And she called my mother. I knew it was, you know, life as we know it was over. I just knew life was over. It wasn't long um, after some time. You know, for me, it seemed like it was only a minute after she hung up the phone. My mother was there, but it was after a certain period of time because I knew there's, you know, it's travel time. But as a child, I mean, time is fast, especially when you know you're in trouble. My mother showed up, and I mean, she was about to lay into me. And Mrs. Goldbrick was like, "Oh yeah, I don't know what possessed this your boy to do that to that child and to put paint on his back and da 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 da." But the interesting thing was, as much as she told my mother about what I did, she never explained what the other child did to my shirt, based upon putting glue in my chair. Needless to say, that parent wasn't even called. Ha, how about them apples? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That parent wasn't even called at all, but my parent was. So I began to go, but mom, but mom, you know, and my mother had a way of looking at you going, you know, she would put her lips together and grit on kind of like this and going, you know, look at you that look like you shut up. You better shut up. Don't you sing another. If you had that mother, that grandmother, Baby, big mama, whoever that is, 
you understand where I'm going. But I had to explain myself. So I said to her, Mom, wait, wait. He put glue on. Look at my shirt. And it was only until I told her, look at my shirt. She said, what happened to your shirt? I just bought those clothes. I just got that. That is brand new. This is the first time you've ever worn them. And, and, I, and she finally realized. I said, look what happened to my shirt and my pants. My mother then asked Miss Goldbrick and said, what happened here? Oh, you know how kids play. You know how she said, so wait a minute. You're going to call me because of he retaliated against somebody that you never even disciplined because he did something because you never did anything. Whereas this paint in incident, this paint issue would have never happened if you would have done your job by disciplining and handing out some type of punishment to the gentleman that did it. So I don't remember if I got a spanking. I don't know if I got in trouble. I don't remember. I was going to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. But what I do remember is later on in life, that same gentleman, that same family became people that we were really close to. But oh, between Mrs. Mills and Miss Goldbrick, I was like, man, two years in a row, two bad teachers. And you think to yourself, man, this kid can never get a break. But then third grade comes on, excuse me, second grade comes around. Second grade comes around. And I call this the aftrath change. Second grade comes around and I mean I have no no um, positivity and no uh, positive outlook on how school is going to go. Because based upon my past based upon what I've received previously I know that there's a possibility, a slight chance, that history is going to repeat itself. Well, second grade, I end up with a lady by the name of Mrs. Aftrath. Oh, the Mrs. Aftrath. This young lady, she was young, she was spunky, she was very talented. And she didn't, it didn't matter to her what color, what background, whether you spoke English, English, French, Russian, she didn't care. She treated everybody as an individual, as if they belonged. Even if you were like a, a, a jacked up or you weren't as learned as some of the other ones, even if you weren't as artistic as some of the other ones or well-spoken as some of the other ones, she made sure that she handed out uh, accolades to you every single day per child. She always made it mentioned and made it known that she took the time to sit down with each child one-on-one -on -one throughout the day. 
she would always take somebody under her wing throughout the day. You know, you know, um, she'd sit with, you know, uh, Wanda for, you know, a few minutes. Then she'd sit over and check out so-and-so and Gabriel. Oh, I remember my boy Gabriel Chavez. Oh, man. Anyway, moving right along. But, yeah, she would sit down with uh, all the different ones and Lucy and Claudia and all these different people. But she made sure that she took the time to not just give them accolades, but get to know who her people were. Yeah. And I mean, having her as a teacher was a big turning point for my life during those times. Having an aftraff in your life, having somebody who's young, full of life, who enjoys what they do. And men, let me tell you, sometimes you'll go through life and you'll have somebody in your life that is around you, but they do not enjoy what they do and they bring terror and chaos to your life. Find somebody who has an uplifting spirit, who is always thinking positive, who is always has your best interests at heart. An aftraff. Everybody needs an aftraff. Everybody needs somebody. I like to call her after, uh, uh, you know, the old song, um, after the love has gone. Earth, wind, and fire. But when you've got rid of all the dead in your life, you need a pick-me-up. You need somebody to validate you. To, uh, it's nothing like having somebody in your life who actually sees you. Not with their eyes, but with their heart. They see your talent. They see your giftings. They see your worth. And truth were to be told, all men want to be around someone who sees their worth, who sees their giftings, who sees their talents, who sees everything that they have. We all want it. We won't say much about it, but we want it. Yes, we do. And it was that woman that later on in life, I believe I was at the age of 41, 30, between somewhere between 37 and 41. I was down in San Diego, you know, because I had moved and to a different area, different location. But I was down in San Diego and I was hanging out with my parents. We had went out to eat. Believe it or not, I believe it was, uh, uh, wasn't Black Angus. I believe it was, uh, wasn't Sue Plantation. It was one of those restaurants in, out there. El Torito. That's what it was. I believe it was El Torito. So anyway, so we, no, Red's Lobster. That's what it was. It was Red Lobster. So we're there in Red Lobster. And uh, again, I'm 30, I guess I'm somewhere between 37 and 41. And I walk in, I'm with my, my mother, father, and I can't remember who else was with us because we had, um, I think we had just gotten out of church. It was on a Sunday, and I was down there to visit them and have service with them. And I walk in, and I see this lady, you know, head kind of down, and she was with some some other people. And I do believe I looked at her and I said, 
that looks like Miss Ashtraff. I mean, who would have thought 37, you know, you're 37, between 37 and 41 years old, that you now remember the face of somebody who changed your life. How many of you, when you go through life right now, remember the face, the voice of somebody who changed your life? Man. Oh, man. I, I, uh, I can honestly say everyone who has actually touched me in a positive way, I know their name and I have their face um, impression on my heart. Well, Miss Ashtrath, I, I believe um, I said to my mother, this is, I think this is Miss Ashtrath over here. Brought my mother over and they ended up having a conversation. So Miss Ashtrath goes, you're Sean? Oh my God, look at you. Da -da 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 -da. It was all good stuff, you know, <laughs> it was good stuff. But the point of it is, was, To listen to her talk about the impression that I had on her, she didn't realize the impression that she had on me as a teacher. And men, some of you are teachers. Maybe many of you are teachers. And when I say teacher, you are a teacher to some body you may be a teacher to your son or daughter you may be a teacher to your co-workers your subordinates your associates you may be a teacher in the place of worship where you're at maybe you're on the music ministry maybe you are a drummer maybe you are in leadership somewhere you are a teacher to somebody make sure that any time that you take up that mantle to teach and mentor that you do it in a positive light don't put a negative connotation on anything you do with anybody because truth were to be told we remember it yes we do men think about it we, re we remember it I'm sure right now if I can if I ask any of you men who have ever been involved in a relationship Regardless of race, color, sexual orientation, or creed, regardless of whatever that is. But if I ask you right now about a relationship that damaged you big time, men, I guarantee you in about five seconds you could give me a name of who did it. Who, what, when, where, and why. So if we know that, don't be a person who can readily damage somebody else. And why am I speaking on that? Because not have I only been hurt, but I've also been a person who've caused hurt. And in the earlier segment, when this first came on, this first podcast came on, you heard a little bit of my history and my present of where I currently stand. Why am uh, I on a platform to be able to speak to men? Because the truth of the matter is, if I don't stand up and tell the truth about myself, most people will not tell the truth about them.
I'm willing to be very transparent in who I am, what I've done, but yet and still let you know where I'm going. I'm learning from my mistakes. Every day is a learning in progress. I've learned to not judge others for the things that they do, both the good and the bad. My job is not to judge. My job is to love. My, judge, my job is to give them the tools and things that were not given to me. My job is to love them like the type of love I've ever wanted. So when I see people, I don't see color. I don't see racial ethnicity. I don't see uh, your sexual orientation. I don't see this, that, and the other. I see someone who needs to be loved, regardless of what your background is. Everybody deserves to be loved. So when you do this self-examination to find out exactly where you really are in life, think over your life. Think over the times that uh, you hurt somebody. Think over the times when somebody hurt you. Think over the times when you didn't, you didn't complete a certain task or you didn't finish high school or you didn't finish college or uh, you were laid off or you got fired for doing a wrong thing or whatever that is. When you really think over your life and just be truthful and transparent. We all have issues that we deal with on a ba daily basis. We all do. All of us do. It doesn't matter what if you're a faith-based or an atheist. Doesn't matter. We have issues in the church and we have issues outside the church. But before you were faith-based, before you were an atheist, you were who you are, a man. So I'm speaking to the man in you, not the deacon in you, not the CEO in you, not the HR manager in you, not the trainer in you, not the workout partner in you, not the lawyer in you, the man. Because no matter what your occupation is, you will not cease from being a man. And men, we hold things sometimes. We hold it. We don't say anything. We won't say anything sometimes to our counterparts. We go to the gym. Oh, man, what's up, dog? What's up, partner? Hey, buddy. Hey, Joel, how's everything? Hey, Eric, how's this going? And we smile. We have a good time. You may go to the club. You may go to a happy hour, have a, a glass of wine, maybe go to the winery and watch a live concert. You may go to a managerial staff meeting with your counterparts, your associates, but nobody knows the secrets that you hold inside because you're dealing with issues. You're dealing with a divorce. You're dealing with separation. You're dealing with ch children that don't talk to you. You're dealing with children you want to love. You're trying to find out if this child is yours. You're dealing with failures. You're dealing with um the uh, suicide you're dealing with all these different things secretly that nobody knows about but you're smiling in everybody's face and it's tough it's tough because you want to talk to your boys you really do you really do but you don't want to seem like a punk 
you want to be a man you don't want to be seen like a punk you know and then last thing is on that same page um when you talk to them you don't want them laughing at you you know because again these are these are your these are your boys so you think so in your daily life realize something's just not over and if you don't deal with them the secrets that you carry will deal with you because they dealt with me and now I choose to deal with them so I'm dealing with me I choose to deal with me but while I deal with me how can I help you don't make some of the mistakes that I've made and as we go through uh, different episodes of this podcast you will really hear many mistakes I've made I've made plenty of mistakes but I'm willing to change them for the better I'm willing to work on me I'm willing to not repeat some of these things some people are excellent on a platform because they've never failed at anything some people are experts because I've had a glorious marriage. I've been married for 45 years and it's just been excellent. We've never had an issue. And here's the way you need to live. Here's how's everything going. We've never had any issues. There's never been any sexual infidelity. Everything's great. Well, guess what? That is not everybody's story. And many people won't talk to somebody like that because they're afraid that they will be looked down upon because their life is not up to par with their life. Truth of the matter is we all go through problems. We all go through circumstances and life has a way of rearing up his head and sometimes smacking us down even when you make great plans. Yeah. Even when you make great plans, it happens. So men, 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 if you're out there, if you're out there, there is a place that you can go right now. I'm dealing with at gmail.com. For those of you that are listening, if you need someone to be able to stand in the gap, maybe come in and speak to men doing a training, go to that platform. I'm dealing with at gmail.com. We're here. We're ready and available. Stay tuned. This is I'm dealing with. Have a blessed day. This is I'm Dealing With. I'm your host, Sean Bowden. I thank you in advance for listening as we dive through discussions that we men deal with on a daily basis. Strap in, hold on, and here we go.